Welcome back to Honestly Well, the podcast that's all about giving you the real deal information on what truly will help you to be honestly well in your life. My name is Marissa Fay. I am a holistic and functional nutrition professional, and I am so glad to be here with you today. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you and direct with you that today's podcast is coming from a space of frustration, and I've been brewing on this frustration and really feeling the need to share it, because I think sometimes when we feel frustration uh, in the work that we do when we're caring for other people, that frustration really has wisdom in it, and so I'm not one who wants to shy away from that feeling. So today I want to chat about diets. Now, first of all, trigger warning, right? If you have a long history with all different kinds of diets and hearing about them is difficult for you, then I invite you to listen back in on the next episode uh, and skip this one. Uh, But if you're someone who is willing to listen to an episode about that, I really want to invite you to stay here. And if you stumbled upon this episode, then maybe there is a reason you are here. So I have a lot of experience with diets. Now, I want to create kind of a a two separate pathways here, right? So in the very literal sense, diet is simply what you eat, right? But there's a whole industry and a whole sector of health that's really taken the word diet to mean a specific regimen or protocol of what you eat, right? So already you can see that we've taken a word that is relatively benign in its meaning, right? It doesn't really have a measure of good or bad in its meaning. It just is. We are human beings. We need food to survive. A diet is what you eat, right? And we've taken that word to mean so many other things. I know personally, when I used to hear the word diet, I would think automatically weight loss. And this is well before my chosen career field, y'all. This is, you know, late teens, early 20s. And I wonder for you, when you hear me say the word diet, what you think of. And I wonder if it associates with either weight loss or with a certain kind of regimented eating protocol. So I'm just going to give you a second to see what bubbles to the surface when you hear the word diet. Now, I will tell you in my work as a nutritional therapy professional, this means that I use food therapeutically, right? I use your diet, what you eat therapeutically. I use your lifestyle, your mindset, the things in your environment, right? To either add to or take away from your health or well-being in the work that I do. And these are kind of the different levers that I play with for folks. So that means I'm intimately familiar with different types of approaches to what to include in your diet, both in my work and in my personal experience. Now, I started dieting, right, that latter definition, the one that means I'm only eating certain types of food, I'm excluding certain types of food, and that my main goal is weight loss. I started dieting around the age of 10, and I chased different dietary approaches for decades, I'm in my mid thirties. So that should give you some perspective on just my personal experience aside from my professional experience. I have personally tried so many diets. I actually made a list in my newsletter that went out this week just to share with people kind of my background and where I've been, but I have tried 
a vegan diet. I've tried a carnivore diet. I've tried a keto diet. I've tried a paleo diet. I've tried counting my macros. I've tried not eating any carbs. I've tried Atkins. I've tried South Beach. I've pretty much tried almost anything you can think of fasting, intermittent fasting. I could go on and on truly. Um, you know, and part of me trying those really brought me further away from my health goals, right? I didn't see uh, symptoms that I had like low energy, like unpredictable mood, like trouble sleeping, like bloating, like constipation, like my hair falling out, um, like sensitivity to cold temperatures and kind of always having cold hands and feet. I didn't see much of that improve long-term, definitely not long-term with any of those diets, but in the short term, there's, there's usually a little bit of like a euphoric phase, right? You've seen this, you have seen this, my friends, <laughs> if you follow anyone on social media, I guarantee somebody has come on there and given you some kind of speech about how great they're feeling because they follow some new dietary approach. And there's even someone I'm thinking of who's super duper uh, famous in the circles they're in, right? They're part of a multi-level marketing fitness company. So I'll let you figure out who that is. And they have started multiple different businesses and they are an incredibly smart business person. And about two or three years ago, they started a separate business that was all following a specific dietary approach. And the dietary approach used intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet. It used it broad spectrum. It marketed, especially to people who identified as women who were probably somewhere along the lines of thirties to fifties. Now this particular celebrity, right. In, in some circles, after pushing this approach on other people and after following it and, and ranting about how incredible it was and all of the benefits kind of all of a sudden after about mm, even like six months of doing that became quieter and quieter about this particular approach and the rules that they had people following in this diet. And a few months later, it emerged that this person all of a sudden was having thyroid issues was having cold intolerance issues, was having dietary issues, was feeling tired and fatigue. And now this person is incredibly wealthy. So when they follow a diet like that and it messes with their body, they have the means and resources to seek out all kinds of professionals to support and help them. And they certainly did. And guess what? They are no longer following this very strict keto and fasting approach. And I really worry about these types of programs and these types of professionals who just out the gate want to share about incredible benefits they're experiencing from something right, right immediately, right? And the problem is that you know someone just like this. They may be, right, have not created a business out of it, but they certainly are swaying you and they certainly are getting into both your conscious and your subconscious mind by sharing on social media about how they just started something new. I mean, something they did in the last few months and that they've seen some kind of immediate benefit that the outside world deems valuable. A lot of times we're talking about weight, y'all. And these approaches can be dangerous and often are dangerous for a lot of different kinds of bodies. Like I'm going to be honest with you. That is the point of this podcast. 
That is not to say that some of these dietary approaches don't work for certain types of people long-term based on what is happening with their health. For example, the ketogenic diet was first discovered and used and has been studied in, in applying it with people who have epilepsy. And there are a lot of reasons why it can be beneficial in those cases, and it can work really well. And some people who have that particular health condition, and also, by the way, have other physiological factors that make them a good candidate for that, may do well on that diet long-term. But, and this is a big but, for a lot of people long-term, that type of dietary approach may not be a match. And that is because we do not live in a world in which our stress levels are completely moderate and low. We do not live in a world where all of us are getting movement every day and sunshine every day and fresh water every day. And where all of us are living in safe environments that have no mold, no toxic metals, no uh, hormone disruptors, no plastics, right? So you can see where I'm going with that. Some of these really strict dietary approaches may have worked for certain ancestors because they were living in different conditions than we're living in. So let's set aside that. I wanna share with you what I see in my practice most often. And part of the reason I'm coming here with this message for you today is because, like I said, I am frustrated. I'm frustrated in what I've seen out there in the world. And I'm also frustrated on behalf of my clients that I get to know that I cannot tell you truly in words how invested I am in my clients. I mean, I carry, I carry quite quite a load uh, when it comes to supporting my clients. And that's my work, by the way, something I'm working on this year because none of us are perfect, but is healthier boundaries. And I'm constantly working on boundaries. And that's a conversation we're actually going to have on an episode coming up soon. But segue back to today's topic. There are some key things that I want to share with you that I know are important for most bodies who are experiencing stress, which I would guess that you fall into that category. The first thing is, I want you to think about what is the loving thing that you can do for your body? How do you show your body that you care for it, that it is taken care of, that it is valued? And that's, in fact, a great thing to journal on if you are a journal person. High five. I think I shared on one of these episodes, I got into journaling later in life, <laughs> even after kind of running in these circles of mindfulness and teaching mindfulness. It took a long time for it to stick for me. Um, but I do. I want you to think about what does it look like for you to show your body that it is cared for and that you value it and if this resonates with you, that you love it, that it is worth it, right? That it is worthy. Now, it doesn't have to be that extreme if those words don't land with you because of wherever you are in your journey with your health and your self-image, then maybe it's just how you show your body it matters, right? So take it to whatever level you might want to, but that's where we need to be starting from when we think about a dietary approach, and by the way, the answer to that is not always going to be, and I'm giving quote marks, what is intuitive. I have some real beef with that intuitive eating style. Sometimes I do identify with it and I do identify my work with it and I support people in it. However, 
it's difficult for most of us to truly eat intuitively because of the world that we live in, because our stress system has been interrupted and has been co-opted by, honestly, even if you just think about technology, the way that has changed how your neurotransmitters work, how your hormones work, how your sleep-wake cycle works, right? We are not living in isolation. And so doing things intuitively sometimes is not the answer when it comes to your health, frankly. So this is more like thinking about a best friend, right? So it's like, how can I show my body that it matters through the actions I do, through the foods I choose to eat or I don't choose to eat? And think about the conversation happening with a best friend because you know your best friend doesn't let you off the hook, right? Your best friend isn't like, oh yeah, you're tired, you know what? Go eat a loaf of bread, which you know is going to make you feel like crap, by the way, for so many reasons, not just that uh, it might be highly refined, right? No, your best friend's going to say, okay, you're not feeling well. What, what do you need? What helps you feel better? And you're going to think, hmm, best friend, you know what? Like sunshine. And I, I don't know if I can walk today. Like, I just feel like that takes a lot of energy, but I know sunshine's good. Your best friend's going to say, great, five minutes of walking and then bring a chair outside and stick your face in the sun, right? We have to apply that same philosophy when it comes to your diet and what you're eating. And I want to tell you that the advice I'm about to share, which is really more of a recommendation caveat, this is not medical advice. I am not a doctor. I am not prescribing. I am not treating. I am not diagnosing. I am simply offering for educational purposes, a way of thinking about this. Okay. But I really struggle with the fasting mentality and community as a lifestyle. There may be instances where certain types of fast are beneficial for someone for shorter periods of time, but as a lifestyle and way of being, personally, and I see it in practice as well, I actually think it causes a lot more harm than benefit. And I will tell you right now that most of the people that I work with y'all are not people who are like living a primal lifestyle, right? Who are devoid of stress, living on a farm, you know, like uh, most of my clients are people who either have high stress, they have something really going on in their body, which by the way, is also stress on your body. They have a health condition or there's somebody who identifies as a menstruating woman. And here's the thing, when you are menstruating, and I wanna correct that actually, I'm not gonna edit this out. Other people can menstruate. So they are menstruating people uh, and they may identify as all different kinds of genders, right? So great moment for me to practice what I preach there. But those folks, our hormones are delicate. They are made to be delicate. They evolved to be delicate because bodies don't want us to procreate when we are in times of stress. And your body does not know the difference between a bear approaching you around a fire and uh, a deadline that's approaching at work or getting yelled at by somebody out in public uh, or you know, a family member who's upset with you, right? Like your body, your stress system does not know the difference between those two very different kinds of threats, right? And so for that reason, I do see in my practice, I do see with myself and I do see a big mistake happening out there in the world where folks are not talking more about meal timing 
that is expressing to your body that it is cared for. And so today, one of my kernels I want to give to you is if you are somebody who's experiencing stress and I want you to get real about that. You know, I have clients all the time who fill out their intake paperwork and I have this 350 page questionnaire. I have folks do that helps me assess like where some of the symptoms are and if they're clustering in one particular part of the body, for example, is somebody having uh, gastrointestinal issues versus uh, things happening in their brain, right? Let's just say it's something like that. Um, now, sometimes folks will fill it out and they will answer like, no, almost no to all these 350 questions. And then it, I graph it out and the graph is like almost nothing. And by the way, I know they're lying. I know that they're asleep at the wheel. They're not aware of what's happening in their body. And part of my job is to tap, 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 wake that up, right? So I really want you to be honest with yourself about if your stress is really low or not. If your stress and stress includes mental, emotional, physical and physiological. So the difference between those last two, I think is important. So physical stress is going to be things like exercise, y'all like intense exercise, even moderate exercise that you do consistently. Physiological is going to be something going on at a cellular level or nutrient deficiencies that you may be experiencing, or maybe you've been diagnosed with a particular condition that means your body functions in a certain way. So all different kinds of stressors for your body then you, my friend, are the lucky winner of somebody who probably wants to consider eating within an hour of waking up and also having a little bit of a couple bites of something about an hour before bedtime. This habit alone has transformed, transformed the health of some of my clients and people that I work with because it changes how your hormones function and interact. And it sends a signal to your body. We are safe. We are cared for. It's okay to spend resources on digesting. It's okay for me to sleep through the night, right? These are really important signals that we need to be sending to our bodies in order to be healthy. Now, maybe you're sitting over there thinking like, can I eat just anything? You know what I'm going to say, right? N no, like... <laughs> There are certain foods that are going to be beneficial, right? And certain foods that are not. And that is a lengthy conversation, but one that I am putting together in my new course that is coming out uh, very soon. And I want to make sure that you get on the wait list for the course if that's where you want to be. So what I've done is I've put together a free checklist for you that is top 10 symptoms that your doctor is not asking you about that mean that you need to really take seriously your own health and well-being and take into your hands how your body's functioning, the diet that you're using and following, and the lifestyle that you're leading. And I want you to grab this freebie today. You can do that at bit.ly slash healthy top one zero. So top 10. So bit.ly slash healthy top 10, all lowercase for healthy top. I want you to grab that and I want you to take that. It's completely free. I want you to go through that checklist and see where are you at, right? Like, are there things going on in your body that it's asking for you to change how you're eating, how you're thinking, how you're living? And if so, then this course I'm about to come out with is 
meant for you. It is an incredible resource that I've been working on for months that is all about, you guessed it, how to be honestly well, how to shut out the noise of people on social media, of people following a special diet, of somebody telling you that this is the key to health and really tune in to what your body needs and start walking down that path with some support, with some guidance from me in this course. So I want you there if you want to be there. And your first step is to download this free handout, this free assessment for you to take at bit.ly slash healthy top 10, one zero 10. I really, really hope that you will take advantage of this freebie I put together. I spent time thinking about what would be something amazing I could offer you at no cost just to help you on your journey, because that is how passionate I am about us getting rid of these silly dietary approaches that truly just pin us in to our health not being honestly well, right? It pins us into our health being honestly poop. And I want you to wake up every single day and feel really and truly honestly well. That is my goal at the end of the day. That is my mission. That is why I'm here. That is what I'm here to do and serve you in doing. So grab that assessment, that quiz for you to take at bit.ly slash healthy top 10. Again, I am Marissa Fay. I'm so glad that you joined me today. If this sparks something in you, I hope that you'll reach out. I hope that you'll like this. Give us all the stars, share with your friends and family or someone who you think could benefit. And I hope that you'll tune in for the next episode of Honestly Well, so you can learn something else that will help you to really and truly feel honestly well. <laughs>